This is Nobody Likes Casey McLean, with your host, the one and only person who thinks this podcast should exist, Casey McLean. Today's podcast guest is Ryan McComb. You can find Ryan at Ryan double underscore McComb. What a stupid, what a stupid screen name. Ryan's my friend. He's a comedian who lives in Spokane. He's a very funny guy. Uh, You can check him out. He's at Spokane Comedy Club all the time. He's also uh, been on this podcast before. And this podcast came about, this episode came about because he, he said, when are we going to podcast? And I thought we had already podcasted, but uh, I forgot that we had had to cancel one time. So what we talked about a lot was the reopening of comedy clubs. And uh, I think it's interesting. Places are opening, by the way. They're opening uh, at limited capacity. I did the last two weekends. I've been at Tacoma Comedy Club. I felt very safe. Everything is spaced out. Uh, I wore a mask as you know as often as I could. Basically, you can't. I wasn't wearing one on stage. People are 15 feet away from the comedian on stage. Uh, I've done now since they reopened. I've done nine shows there. No, eleven shows there. Holy shit! Two open mics and uh, nine weekend shows. And I felt very safe. I think you should, uh, if you feel comfortable, I'm not trying to make you, I'm not trying to talk anyone into it, but if you feel comfortable going to eat indoors somewhere or go to a movie theater, I don't think there's any reason why you shouldn't feel comfortable going to a comedy club. Um, anyway, we also talked, Ryan got laid off recently and we talked about that because uh, I got laid off for part of 2020 and I have a lot of feelings about being laid off during this time and they're mostly positive. Uh, <laughs> so Ryan, uh, I mean, support him and all that stuff, but he's doing all right. He's doing okay. Uh, follow me everywhere you can at the Casey McLean. I have nobody likes Casey McLean shirts that I will make available, uh, very soon on my website, the Uh, so go check that out. Uh, I'm going to sell them on the road also. So if I'm coming to your city, I'm going to be in Oklahoma City at some point in either the middle of March or the beginning of April, depending on uh, depending on a couple of factors. So Oklahoma City, come on out if you're uh, if you're one of the rare people in Oklahoma City that might be listening to this. Um, uh, where else am I going to be? Spokane at the or no? What am I saying? I'm going to be with Gabriel Rutledge in uh, Boise, Idaho, March 25th, 26th. Come out to that. And then Enumclaw, very likely on May 1st. So come out for that. Also, check thecaseymcclain.com slash calendar for dates. Uh, Ryan and I talked a decent amount about Gabriel Rutledge on this episode, and it was very funny uh, to reveal to him that Gabe and I are doing a tour together. So check that out. It's the, the tour we're doing. It's, by the way, it's not like we have a tour bus or we're even spending multiple weekends. It's not like we're spending three weeks on the road together. We're going to some cities, though. So uh, northwestafcomedytour.com. Go check that out. Uh, thank you, guys, and I hope you enjoy Ryan McComb. Hey, this is the Nobody Likes Casey McLean podcast. Please check out my stand-up dates at thecaseymcclain.com. Also, follow me on all social media at thecaseymcclain. Check out stand-up clips and videos of mine at youtube.com slash Casey McLean. 
This podcast is brought to you by Anchor. Anchor is where I host this podcast. It's where the file sits. It's also a great place if you want to start a podcast where you can record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. When you're hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast to all the listening platforms, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Whatever you're listening to this podcast on, you can get your podcast to that platform very easily. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. And best of all, Anchor is totally free. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. All right. Also, there's definitely going to be sirens because I live by a fire station and there's definitely, evidently they're doing lawn work today. So, I mean, I this is going super well in case you're curious. We've listened. We've we've screeched to a start, so uh, (laughs) that's okay. The sirens, the sirens are expected because you got a new apartment, and I know that you have zero dollars. So I assumed you live close to sirens, dude. uh, I mean, I I have zero dollars now, but up until I mean, I had more than zero dollars for a little while. Things were going great, man. (laughs) That's that's. I don't know how to even deal with you if things are going great. Since I've known you, your life has begun to spiral out of control. So it's weird to think that things were going great for a little while. I mean, you're telling me, dude. I mean, I, but the, the, the worrying thing is that I got used to it. I got used to things. <laughs> I mean, I thought there's no way that this can go back to the way they were. But, you know, now I don't know if I'll be able to go back to having a shitty life. I mean, you're going to. It's going to happen. No. I, you know. You know, you do have, by the way, I can only, I can see your apartment. My favorite part about the pandemic, the only thing I think that I like is getting to see inside so many people's houses. Mm -hmm. I think it's so interesting what people, and I've also like, my wife and I are like casually shopping for a new house. Really? Uh, Yeah. We, we've, uh, realized that living in like the hip neighborhood close to bars with a lot of traffic was not Mm -hmm. a great choice for people who are about to have a kid. Sure, that makes sense. Um, so, anyway, I when I look at these places, I'm like, oh god damn, that would be a great Zoom background that that uh, room there, and uh, that's sure. so now. Like when I look at pe- when I look into people's houses, I'm like, oh, this is what you consider to be the Zoom background. No, right. no, I have a thing. I'm not good at hanging stuff. I don't have a lot of stuff that's worth hanging up. Um, and so I didn't think it through. I am someone who, even when it was clear the pandemic was going to be like a long, long time, I refused to invest any time or money into making my space better for zoom things. I just refused to. And if someone's here, like, I mean, my, my, like my feeling of how good it could be is not worth the effort. Yeah. I think, uh, I think that I want to talk about your apartment right now. Okay. Uh, even though this is like a mostly audio medium, uh, uh-huh. I just want to describe some stuff in there if you're okay with that. Cause you, yeah, I, I'm I, on mobile I, so I can take you on a tour. Oh shit. That's not a bad idea. What I see right now is just, I think the kitchen behind. Like uh, yeah. a, there's like a dining bar there with no bar stools at it, by the way. Bingo. <laughs> Bingo. Hey, oh, fun thing about bar uh, dining stools is they cost money. So Yes, uh, which we've determined you have zero of. 
Uh, how many times have you eaten at that bar standing up? Uh, zero. Oh, wow. That's like the only thing I think it's good for without bar stools is to occasionally do some work or eating standing up. No, I have a dining room table. How many times have I eaten at the dining room table? Also zero. I eat on the couch. <laughs> you just eat you just eat every meal sad in bed alone. Um, I mean not usually that sad. Like I've just adapted to that's how my life is. No, I eat on the couch exclusively. What do you so my, my uncle lives in an apartment in Spokane that he's lived in for I mean as long as I can remember since the Your black since, uncle? No, my white uncle. I have multiple uncles in Spokane. My my whole family from my mom's side is from Spokane. Like, I have a lot of Spokane ties. Not a draw in Spokane. I'm not saying any of them want to see me do comedy. But, uh, yeah, I have a white uncle, lives in this apartment in Spokane. He smoked in it for, like, 20 years and then quit smoking, like, three years ago. And let <laughs> me tell you, three years is not long enough to fully air out an apartment. No, I think uh, it's I think it takes... Well, two years to clear out for every one year you smoked it. Oh, so he's, Jesus. I mean, in, in 2050, that apartment's going to be back up. <laughs> well, it's a, first off, obviously somebody else's problem, but he, it's like a, it's like a very like single divorced dad apartment. And I think you live in also, I'm, I'm obsessed with single divorced dad apartments, though. I do not want to ever live in one if I can avoid it. That's the, <laughs> so you got sure. like, Formica countertops, uh, the wood, the wood cabinets. Formica is that shit that looks like uh, you have like particle board underneath it, and then it's the the thing on top of the particle board. Um, sure. There's all white appliances, of course. That's the the uh, single dad apartment staple. Stainless porcelain. Yeah, uh, I'm going. You got to have coil burners on your stove, right? There's no way you have like a. Can we go look at the stove? Uh, sure. <clears throat> Let me. <laughs> do you, do you regret saying we could move around? Uh, no, 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 not at all, not at all. Uh, I mean, I'm not wearing pants right now, but I think I can. I think I can keep that out of the thing. All right, or we, you want to see the kitchen? Yeah, let's see. Let's oh, see the. Okay. I want to see the stovetop. That's what I want to see. Like this. Oh, the stovetop. I don't. This is where I might show me me my underwear. Stovetop. Oh yeah. Okay, we got some. Uh, we got two. Are those the only two pans you own? The ones that are on the stovetop there. Oh, oh, we have a third one. pan. Fourth. A fourth pan. That's La Crusade, baby. Um, and yeah, nice, nice. I get a lot of compliments on this, uh, this uh, pan the rack. Pan rack. Yeah. Pretty much anything in here that looks okay uh, is something that my ex girlfriend left, and I did not throw away. But you go like this though on my fridge. Ooh, Ken Griffey Jr. Uh, like a like a screen print. That's pretty sweet. That poster is pretty sick. Um, yeah, is that I, all you I need like, to see? Uh, well, I, I have. I think the pans. I like the pan stack. You know, most people would have it uh, in an apartment. They would have it under the stove, uh, no. which which is the worst. I hate it. Let's. Mm -hmm. I, I want to see the living room now because when you lift it up, I saw you have a. Cl oh yeah, the classic. The only thing going on in this room is the TV. Uh, big couch than I would have expected. I will. I will say that. That's what. That's what I uh, bought when uh, I had money. Okay. <laughs> uh, can I tell you an upsetting thing is that I have a very similar couch, uh, and uh, with no excuse for. How big is your TV? Uh, fifty-five. Okay. 
All right, that's not bad for a for a single guy in his own apartment. You have a bedroom, or a, is this a studio? It's a. I got a bedroom. <clears throat> okay. Dude, I mean, you think you think my living room is plain? I mean, I a woman who uh, uh, was uh, who saw my bedroom was lucky enough to see my bedroom. Um, Why'd she see it? it? Why'd she see it, Ryan? Uh, she just came over. She's a really good friend. Um, okay. And she came over. Uh, and she said, did you, that, did you have to pay her for her friendship? Uh, I mean, just dinner every time I want to hang out, but it's worth it. Uh, she described my bedroom as an insane asylum. I have tall ceilings in here and there's yeah. not a single thing hung on the walls in my room. So it's just a big white room. I would bet that high ceilings is one of the first thing they, things they advertise for this apartment. No, I didn't know they were going to be so high. And so when I saw it and I'd already, I signed the lease here before I looked at it. Cause I was so sick of looking at things or like tr- not getting an apartment. Um, so I signed the lease and then came and did the walkthrough and I was actually frustrated. Like high ceilings are so stupid. What's the point? Yeah. Why do you, why, but why do you hate them? Because I don't have anything to hang up there. I don't have anything. They just make, it's just like, they're useless. They don't do anything for me. All they do is provide, you know, negative negativity, you know? Hmm. I don't know. I don't think, I think that you're, uh, you would rather live in a basement apartment than a place with high ceilings is what I've gathered I mean, from this. <laughs> yeah, that's what I said. You're, you're, I think that's why you're such a great podcast host is because you're such a great listener in, in filling in the blanks on I would rather be on the, I want to be, this apartment does have a couple of good things going for it. Number one, it's on the top floor, penthouse, some people would call it. Uh, not the apartment complex, but I call it the penthouse. Um, <laughs> it's got a nice view out of the bedroom. And Can we see uh, the view? We, we're on it. There, this is going on YouTube, just sure. so you know. This is? Yeah. <laughs> the full... Cribs exp- hold on, hold on, go back, go back. I, I noticed something. I just noticed something. What is, what is this brick? Oh, look at the kitchen from there. The kitchen has, it's like one of those very, uh, like two people, if they ever bent over, they'd bang asses in the middle of it. What do you hear? No, go, go further back, go further back. The wall in the living room has some brick on it, kind of. Oh, no, you don't get to see that. What? Sorry, you weren't, <laughs> you weren't supposed to see that. What That's is it? That's a secret project I was working on. <laughs> secret project I was working on. Oh, now I got to freeze frame it and re- reveal um, it to the world. Hey, laundry in the unit, though. Ooh, that's nice. That's nice. Not, not shabby. So this is the insane asylum. I mean, look at this. Look at this insane. I mean, there's literally. I got some heads, heads or uh, some nightstands, though. I, you know, it also looks like the bed is not on the floor. I would have expected the bed to be on the floor. Yeah. A box there's, no, um, there's no uh, headboard, but no, it's off the floor. I got my first headboard at 32, so. You did? I don't know if it's going to work. It might be too bright. Oh, no, you got like a, there's like a fucking empty field out there to look at, right? Yeah, no, here, I'm just going to turn it around. Tell me, oh, I don't there know. There we go. Like... Yeah, I can see now. That's Oh, that's kind of, you got like the, the foothill thing going on out there. What is, is that Mount Spokane? Uh, absolutely not. No. Okay. I never. But, I have. I have family that lives on Mount Spokane. I don't even. I have no idea. Uh, I have no idea what Mount Spokane is like. 
Yeah, that's that's on the north side of town. I'm on the south side. I don't know what this hill call is, is called, but it's mm. uh, it's where a bunch of rich people live. I got this nice pond though, and then that, there's a walking trail. A woman just saw me in my bedroom window with my camera facing her. So it was nice. And then a nice bus station, so I could hear the buses all day. Oh, you, you you went from like water view and view of the rich part of town to the bus station really brought you down a couple uh, uh yeah. Yeah, that's, that's I mean that's my life in a nutshell though, is it is it you look at it and it looks great and then you pan a little bit to the left and it's like, Oh no, this is <laughs> this isn't good at all. Oh no. And then you can't you just have to focus on the part that's not good. So anyway, that's the tour of my uh Oh come um, on, let me see what you're looking at. Let me see what the thing is. Just I, do a, it. I had a wild idea um, when the pandemic first hit where I decided that I was going to film a comedy special in my room, like in my apartment. Oh and I had some God. crazy ideas of like, it was going to be, I mean, it, if I was willing to put the effort in, um, I, it could be really funny. I don't know though, but I created a backdrop for it um, using uh, like one of those trifold like presentation mm-hmm. science yeah 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 um and construction paper and crayons and then i made a sign so this is this is gonna be the backdrop for my comedy thing it looks pretty good man kenny's chuckle zone yeah, that was the name of the comedy club where i was filming the special my dad's name is ken and it made me laugh really hard to have oh that's that's right i always i always forget that your dad's also a comic yeah uh, uh, kenny's chuckle zone i thought i think that's a really funny name for a fake club that is that is it's it doesn't it it takes away the like the chuckle hut or whatever like the one everyone uses i think i like kenny's chuckle zone uh, oh, I didn't know chuckle hut was a thing i don't know people say chuckle hut um oh, yeah. i think that i'm glad you didn't film a special in your living room uh that's someone i know did that i guess i'm not gonna say his name but I, someone i know a couple people i know like early into the pandemic were going a little fucking insane and uh-huh. tried to film stuff with no audience. And uh, I don't think that's a good idea. <laughs> I think it's a very bad idea. I had a couple of ideas. Uh, I'll tell you later. Um, but I, I <laughs> why, why, why would you tell me later? Why not just tell me now? Because there's an, an I have nothing to talk about, Ryan. 80% of it is that I'm embarrassed and 20% of it is that I still might do it and I don't want to blow it. <laughs> you, you don't want me to steal your brilliant idea? No, 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 not you. I just want, I just, I just want, oh, and then the there's another, I don't know. It's mostly embarrassment though, but uh, I had an idea because you're right though. Like there's a, there's a point, there's like, a, it's, it's cringy, right? To do it just standard and just set it up and film it and no joke or no laughs and just here it is, right? Yeah. Um, and then there's a the thing where you can have like a couple people come over and, and be an audience, but that's weird. So I decided to take it um, in like I decided to go fully the other way and You're just, just gonna sell out a theater. No, um, but yes, in a in a way, I, I just went so far in the other direction because the the other option, right, is a laugh track or something like that, right? Mm-hmm. Which is an awful idea. But I thought of an idea to just take it so in such a stupid direction that people can't be mad at it. There is a uh, oh wait that's beyond this 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 idea is the stupid idea or you're gonna reveal the stupid idea? 
No, I don't. I don't have. I don't want to get into it. Like I said, I still might do it, um, even though comedy's back. Um, but no, there were there was a there was an there were some specific ideas I had about how I could go super far in the other direction um, with it. But it just seemed like a lot of effort, and at the time I had a job, so I didn't want to put that effort in. But now I don't have a job, so I might do it. If I guess the idea, will you tell me? Sure. Were you going to use? Like somebody else's special, the laughs from somebody else's special for your jokes? Um, no, no, that's not it. Oh, this is this is not good pod to not reveal it. Everyone's going to want to know. Well, hey, here's here's good though. Here's something that's good though is um, subscribe to Case McLean's Patreon. I'll tell the Patreon subscribers. No, I'm not going to do that. Um, I'll subscribe to my YouTube. You might just see it pop up one day. Don't subscribe to his YouTube, anybody, please. Uh, not, not after that. I don't think that's a good enough. Uh, we need a bit. Be- we need a better nugget. I'm so I'm upset that we don't get to find out. I want to know. It's, I want to know. I want to find out as everyone else finds out. It is like, it's 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 one of those things that on paper it's such a bad idea that you just have to see it and you go, this should not have worked. It's like when your buddies are moving and they find some like crazy way to move a refrigerator and you're like this is not and then it when it when it reaches its destination you're like okay that should not have worked um it's one of those things where you're like i i can't believe that that ended up okay so. can i say you've never sounded more to me like michael scott than right now. <laughs> like the level um, of confidence you say that you have to see it to understand why it works despite uh-huh. it not having happened or working yet do you it, know what or, I mean? Or, yeah, any sort of possibility, legitimate possibility that even will happen at some point in time. Um, I think, uh, I don't know. It's like talking to the guy while he's describing how he's going to move this refrigerator, you know? Sometimes you just got to let it happen and mind your business and and trust. So, comedy's back, Casey. How's how's comedy been going? What have you been doing? (laughs) I've done done a total of 11 in-person shows since comedy came back. Does that include private stuff? No, uh, no, I did. Okay. I did three of the private shows at the comedy club, and then I did like a, a bunch of those uh, backyard shows. Did you do any of the backyard shows? Uh, no, I don't think anyone. <clears throat> I did one backyard show, but it wasn't through the comedy club. It was. Uh... Oh, gotcha. I only did one through the comedy club, and then I did. Uh... By the way, we're talking about Spokane and Tacoma Comedy Club, which uh, they share owners. I did, uh, my friend Gabriel Rutledge, who you know, uh, we did, uh, I think I did. You don't have to say he's your friend. You don't have to say he's your friend. You're going to say Gabriel Rutledge. I'm sorry that you're going to call him Seattle's Dave Attell, but I also, it's very funny to me that you're like uh, jealous over my my ongoing and meaningful friendship with Gabriel Rutledge. No, no, no. I'm not, I'm not uh, jealous of it. I'm irritated that you, I'm so unimpressed by it that I'm mad that you hey, thought that you had to mention that he was your friend. Gabe Rutledge is a uh, podcast listener on occasion, and I hope he listens to this one and hears how unimpressed you are by him. That's all I will say. you will listen uh, to this one because he's a good friend of mine too. I just don't go around bragging about it. Tell me his phone number right now. Uh, I'm not on the podcast. That'd be rude. Do you have his phone number? No, I actually want you to give it to me so I can call him. No, <laughs> no, yeah, I do. I do have his phone number. Getting his phone number was funny because it's—he's one of two comics 
that I've become very good friends with, very good friends, who I don't have their uh, phone number. Uh, who's the uh, other one? Matthew Broussard. It's not Ryan McComb. No, I have uh, I have a bunch of I have a bunch of dude. If you going through my phone, I have like a bunch of comics numbers that I have no business having because they wanted like something recorded at a comedy club, and I was the guy <laughs> that they called. So there's like a billion numbers in my phone that I would never, like, not only would I never use them, but if I called, the person would have zero recollection of who I was. I even also if have you described it. Say it again. Even if you described the circumstances. Oh, I mean, if I was like, that? if I was like, I hey Theo Vaughn, I was the guy that helped you set up uh, your recorder at Tacoma Comedy Club. He would go, oh, I guess I kind of remember that I recorded something at Tacoma Comedy Club. Got it. Uh, and then there's people who I wouldn't message because I don't think they would be happy to get a message from me just cause it's like, you know, who's that annoying fucking MC that I shouldn't have given my number to in Tacoma in 2016. You know what Damn. I mean? I went to, uh, when, when, uh, <clears throat> Nate Bargazzi was in Spokane, I was the, the MC that weekend and he, he was like, Hey, we're grabbing lunch tomorrow. If you want to come. And I said, yeah, great. And then he had his feature text me instead of him because he did that's think he so him. funny that's so yeah. funny yeah. i've gotten a bunch of phone numbers did we did, i feel like we i know we've talked about this off of the podcast but i've gotten a bunch of phone numbers from people who like the first the first headliner i ever emceed for was brett ernst the first at coma comedy club i should say i don't even know that name brett ernst I oh, Google it. i'm using my phone to the podcast Brett Ernst is a fucking crusher. You should you should look him up. He's very very funny. But we got like, we got a uh, very drunk uh, the last night. This is this is like a, a kind of, I think I told it on the he he was on this podcast also a big get. Oh. I mean that sincerely. A big get for this podcast. I only uh, listen to him one. <laughs> uh, he and I got drunk the last night. It was one of the waitresses' birthday, and I, I remember this because she fell off a stool, and I thought she had a concussion at one point. Like, uh, pretty pretty gnarly fall. We're drunk. He's playing hip hop from like 1989 that I fucking hate. Like, uh, <laughs> like he's making and he's turning it up louder than anybody in the club wants it to be turned up. You know, and uh, he goes, "Okay, let's let's." Uh, Let's go to the casino. Do you know how to play craps? Let's go to the casino. I'm like, I don't know how to play craps. And he's like, I'll teach you how to play craps. Love so it. we we may or may not have acquired two beverages from an unknown source and brought them on the street with us. We walked for a little bit and then got an Uber, went to the casino. Uh, by the way, not only did I pay for the Uber, which almost wiped out my entire earnings <laughs> for the week, but yeah. uh, we... While we were in the Uber, he's like, oh, I want some chewing tobacco. So we stopped at a smoke shop in the Uber. We're in the Uber. We're just like clocks running while we're waiting yeah, yeah, yeah. in the drive-thru of this smoke shop. Drive-thru at the smoke shop? Oh, yeah, baby. There's This is a uh, – I live on uh, – or I've, I don't anymore, but the place, the casino that we went to was on the Puyallup Indian Reservation, and they have a bunch of uh, smoke shops. Understood. I'm sorry to interrupt. Yeah, they fine. used to what? Oh, back when I was, uh, I don't think they do this anymore, but when I was younger, occasionally a smoke shop, it's actually, I think, burned down now, but uh, you could get, you could, buy, <laughs> you could buy tobacco underage, 
I don't think they burnt down. I think they just shut it down. But I I started smoking at 16 because this one smoke shop would just allow you to buy at whatever age. They would just never ID anybody. Uh-huh. Um. So anyway, I had his phone number, and like I got along with him so well that weekend, and then like. Three months later, like a longing ex-boyfriend, I sent him a text like, uh, dude, I just want you to know. Because he did, he said some shit to me that I still think about today in comedy. And I was like, dude, that shit really meant a lot to me. Thank you so much. Uh, you were so cool to work with. I'm sure he's like, wait, where's this guy from? What's the 253 area code? I don't even know what that is. I hate uh, that. And then when I talked to him mo- most recently, I was like, hey, does is th- does this feel like a complete stranger? Is on like the video and he's like yeah i have no idea who you are and i was like okay that's good (laughs) uh so like that's that's like i've i've learned from that and there's almost nobody i have done that almost zero times i do have a couple like ongoing conversations with people but those if those die off like i try to just let them let them die uh because one of the things that i think is uh when you treat someone like that, you're not actually treating them like a person. You know no. what I mean? Absolutely. That's why dudes get fucked up with, uh, with women. Like they can't, they can't like why they creep women out is because they stop treating them like people and they start treating them like these fucking mystical objects and like, just treat people like people, man. Like Ryan yeah. McComb is starstruck right now. Treating me like a person though. It's, it's, uh, yeah, man. I mean, you're so subhuman that it's hard to treat you like a person. It's actually the opposite problem of you with you is like you're so down below that it's hard to I have to treat you better to treat you like a person. Yeah. That's why. Um, no, but yeah, I mean, that's never going to turn into any like it's never like dragging that conversation on is never going to turn into a friendship. Yeah. If you're so, if you're forcing it, you know. Yeah. So so the the. the um where we got was it was Gabriel Rutledge and Scott Lassie. I realized at some point that I don't, I never, I didn't have their phone numbers. And so, um, I, uh, where was I? Oh, I did these backyard shows with my good friend, Gabriel Rutledge. And that's, Uh that's where we were at. And, uh, I'm curious, did you do anything from like March, 2020 till February, 2021? What, what, and how many shows did you do? Great question. Thank you for asking. I did one backyard show. <laughs> I was on the last the last weekend at the club before stuff sh- shut down. I was at the last weekend at Spokane Comedy Club featured for Gabe Rutledge, actually. Um, and we were, I mean, it was eerie. It was creepy. It was, it was weird. And then probably two months later, I did a backyard show that my old coworker reached out about. Um, and that was fine. And then I did one show in Montana and one show in Idaho. I mean, it's, it's a little bit easier for me cause I'm, I'm close to Idaho where they yeah. don't care. Um, and then I did a weekend at this place in Idaho, uh, but like no clubs. I mean, just random bar shows that, a lot of them would have been my worst show of the year. Um, and they were, but they're also technically my best show of the year. Cause that's all that happened. So, Oh, that's interesting. Uh-huh. So the experience I had is a lot of shows, like you're saying, I agree completely where it's like, this would have been, I probably would have rejected this show a year ago. I would have just said, no, nah, I'm not available that day. 
even yep. if I had something, even if I wasn't booked, I would have been like, nothing is better than doing this show. Doing nothing is better than doing this show. And I can't risk like closing this hole in my calendar for this sure. fucking uh, somebody's driveway. Yeah. And uh, that was like, dude, I would be looking forward to those all week. And I had a lot of fun, dude. Like, I, I actually, like, would – I hope they're back again next year. Like, I think I'm, – I'm into backyard comedy. Like, that's – I'm fucking am ready to go for some backyard comedy. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, so – but – so that was, like, you did, like, five sets, basically, between – Yeah, pretty much, yeah, five five sets, yeah, in, a, in, in 11 months. That was brutal. What was the longest of those five sets? Uh, that weekend in Coeur d'Alene. I don't know if you you should uh, hop on. Yeah, get I'm, I'm booked on it. I'm booked on it with my good friend Gabriel Rutledge. At Honey. Yeah. You should tell him to. Uh, uh, what what month are you going there? June. You should uh, you should bump up those uh, ticket prices. Yeah. Okay. We'll do. I'll that. Talk, I'll, yeah, I'll talk to you about it. But um, yeah, there I was headlining, so I did like forty five fifty. Oh, good. Yeah, that's I wanted to. So Gabe and I are doing this tour. My good friend Gabriel Rutledge called the the Northwest AF Comedy Tour, uh-huh. uh, and that was like one of the spots. And what I realized is that I probably could have headlined it, yeah, easily, and have him headline it a different weekend with somebody else opening. Yep. And I just fucking uh, first off, like I didn't want to do it in like March because I actually did twenty five uh on sunday but i was like i would if i'm gonna do 45 or 50 i would have liked to have a a couple more cracks at 25 at least you know what i mean um but yeah i uh i want to try to headline there there i think they're booked up through the year but gabe and i'll be there in june and uh we will i I will talk to you about ticket prices because i had that i have that inclination I, i think you guys are experiencing the same thing at spokane comedy club is that everybody's so fucking sick of being in their house mm-hmm. that they're just like like the so I did eight shows with Damon Wayne's Jr. at Tacoma Comedy Club, and then I did a brunch a brunch show, which is an idea that I suggested three years ago. <laughs> My wife and I went to New York in March of 2018. I went to the Comedy Cellars brunch show, and immediately started suggesting that Tacoma do this. It took a global pandemic and local businesses closing and and uh, being on the brink of bankruptcy for every business in the United States of America to make it happen. But we did a brunch show on Sunday and it was completely sold out. Like everything is fucking selling out. The open mic, they're turning people away, turning audience members away because they have to be like very strictly at capacity. Uh, And so... I think that, yeah, like, it's going to be pretty wild. It's going to be a wild first 12. I think we might be, that whole, like, roaring 20s thing that happened after the the Spanish flu, I mm-hmm. feel like we might actually have that, like, the, the wild parties and, and uh, was, excess. Was that due to the Spanish flu, though? I mean, I've heard the roaring 20s, obviously, but I don't know, what, like, what pension or what events or what led to the led to that. Yeah, I mean, I think the other thing was probably like prohibition. I think was in that time, but uh, uh-huh. but I I don't know, man. I don't know what caused it. I do feel like we are gonna. There's gonna be like an awakening out of this thing 
where people are going to go buck wild for a while and everyone's going to want to be doing shit out of their house where like yeah. for several years it was like dude like I'm, i'll just watch the netflix special why would i go see that guy why would i go pay 25 dollars a person to see that guy when i pay 18 bucks a month and i have every special of his in my living room yeah i don't yeah, I'd much rather watch it in person. I mean, well, I, of course, you're a fucking comedian. You're not like, oh, oh, oh I, you're talking about other people. Okay. Yeah, I know. I would fucking the the in club experience is infinitely better, in my opinion, than than a, a like a a guy stumbling through the material eight months after he wrote it is a better experience in person than the guy with it like super polished three years down the road. Yeah. A hundred percent. But yeah, we saw that in Spokane too, of the, uh, of the open mic. I, I, I went in there, I was closing it on this last Wednesday. So I showed up super late and walked in and I, as I walked up, I was like, Oh, it's packed. And then I saw there was a, there was a thing on the door that said no re-entry. Oh shit. Um, but any other week, the sign on the door would have said like, please don't leave. Like we need, <laughs> we'll, we'll give you free tickets to stay. <laughs> no, I mean, our, our, yeah. So I, I can see that coming back, but with, with, Honey, even if you know you're wrong and, and there's not this roaring twenty thing, a I think it'll last through June at least, and yeah. b that uh, that room only seats fifty people. I mean, it, it, not due to not due to COVID, just just how big the room is. I right. mean, they'll pack everyone in and they can. But yeah, we were turning people away, um, and yeah. So uh, yeah, I'll, I'll talk to you about that later though. But where else is your uh, Northwest AF comedy tour taking you with your good friend Gabriel? Rutt? Uh, we have a show at the Chalet Theater in Enumclaw um, at the end of April. It's not announced on their their calendar yet. Uh, Boise, we're going to the lounge at the end of the universe. Um, there's, It's kind of like as places are willing to reopen, we're going to try to put shows there. So we've had dates scheduled like Grant's Pass we were going to go to, and that got canceled, and uh, Honey we were going to try to do earlier, and it got canceled. We weren't actually on the calendar, but... Uh, there's been some other Oregon stuff that's just like, <clears throat> there's a lot of places that don't want to open yet, but I think uh -huh. like, because, uh, I think that we're just going to see places start to reopen because they have to, otherwise it's go under, right? Yes. And if I'm still unemployed then, and you're looking for another guy to come along on the tour, even though there's not a lot of money left there, uh, let me know. I'll come hang out with you guys. We do need someone to carry our bags. Carry your bag, tuck you in at night, kind of well, be there to diffuse the sexual tension. I can do all that. I don't, I don't know if you'll diffuse it. You might have to fucking cut it with a different method. But uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, maybe we'll see. Are you planning on – Is un unemployment still has benefits, right? So we should talk about this. This is actually what I want to talk about, and we've waited 50 minutes to fucking – well, first off, you showed up. 15 minutes late, you piece of shit. But uh, what I actually do, the thing, like the topic that I wanted to talk about is you got laid off yesterday. Are we allowed to talk about that? Is it too yeah, fresh of a wound? No, let's you, talk that, about it. You just carried, if you're if you're listening to this, Ryan just brought his dog. She's already starving because he can't uh -huh. feed her because he has no job. We, uh -huh. She's at uh, depression era starvation. I can tell by her demeanor. She's uh, so freaking cute, man. She's a cute dog. My dog would eat her in two bites. I know, and Cleo would Cleo would try and fight your dog, even though your dog's probably four, five times as big. She's uh, yeah, sixty pounds or something like that. Sixty pounds, so about let's say eight times as big. 
was like seven pounds. Uh, but anyway, uh, yeah, I got laid off yesterday. The the yesterday was my last day, but I officially found out last Tuesday that I was getting laid off. But I had kind of heard to the grapevine a week prior to that that I was going to get laid off. Got so it. I just had to go into work and like act like I didn't know. Yeah, is so I got laid off last April. It's uh-huh. the first time. I had ever been laid off in my whole life. I did have like a stretch in like 2008 through 2010. There were a couple stretches where my jobs were on like furloughed hours. So it'd be like, you'd miss a day every other week or something like that. Uh-huh. Um, you had a two year span where that was happening. Uh, Probably three years. And it was like, it wasn't happening the whole time, but uh-huh. it was happening like in slow seasons on occasion. <clears throat> um. So, is this is this your first time being on unemployment? Uh, no, I was. I was. So the this is a, this was a new job for me. I I got this job in June, so I was there for about eight months. Uh, and the previous place I worked uh, was in the was like a kind of a startup in Spokane, and based in the travel industry. Uh, but it was located in Spokane, was the headquarters. Um, and so once COVID started happening, like it, the company went bankrupt. And so I was working for them, like winding things down. Um, so I had time to find a job, but there was a one week there where I was on unemployment. So, okay. um, yeah, I was laid off from that one technically. Well, not even technically. I was laid off from that one. Um, and I was on unemployment for one week. And then I and then I got the new one. So I'm back, you know. So do, are there still like the weekly, is it like 400 bucks a month, 500 extra, or sorry, 400 bucks a week? It's 300 a week right now that's for two more weeks that's active and the bill that they're voting on now um would extend that and bump it up to 400 extra dollars a week okay so are you making a comparable amount of money to what you were before will you be making a comparable amount of money too because the month i spent on unemployment and i do all right i made more money for those weeks by like just a little bit than i would have made otherwise but that's when they were doing the extra 600 correct correct yeah that's correct yeah, yeah. when it was the extra well i know it, it's it's probably um yeah it, it's it's a little bit less it's still survivable um but it, but it is a little bit less for none of the work and none of the stability so it's pretty um, nice to have comedy available to make money that you can pretend like you never made yeah, I was gonna, I was gonna ask about that. Uh, I was thinking about after, but what, we could talk about it now. I don't think there's any narcs. I don't think either of your listeners are narcs. Um, <laughs> there's no IRS employees on the, <laughs> on the listener line. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm just. It's gonna be. You know, they're gonna see at the end of the year that I'm gonna file my W2s for any comedy work that I have to, and and you know, they're gonna see that unfortunately I wasn't able to secure any comedy work during the time either. So. Yeah. Uh, that's what they're going to, that's, you know, that's, it's unfortunate that there's no comedy going on right now or any comedy that is coming in is stuff that I'm doing for free to help the comedy clubs out because they're so desperate for money and I'm that good of a person. Um, but yeah, theoretically, if I was a criminal, I, it would be nice to be able to, to get unemployment and do work for the club and, um, you know, and fill in that gap a little bit there. That would be nice, but I'm not a criminal and that's not a situation that I have to deal with. 
Of but course. That would be and also, like, if you were to do one of those free shows that you didn't, you're not getting paid any money for, and you were selling a T-shirt after, all the money would go to charity immediately. You would never hold on to any of that money, uh, or you would just give the shirts away for free as promotional items for when comedy comes back. People will know to come back and see Ryan McComb, even if they, they, uh, if they happen to take some pieces of paper out of their wallet and <laughs> leave them near you. That's just coincidental i understand that i don't even sell my merch i have one of the nuns from the local church come in. <laughs> they do all of the changes so i'm not even tempted to take any cut of it they just they just take it straight in and they that's hand it over the so that's what i do to kind of cut to the chase um yeah i don't have any merch right now anyway i gotta i gotta invest in some merch are you one of these people that is uh do you not have merch because you can't afford to have merch because I've made this argument to people before that if you can't afford to have merch, you actually can't afford to not have merch. Uh, I would agree with that argument. I'm not one of those people. I am someone who sold out of merch um, at the perfect time. Uh, yeah, it had been I mean there was a week there were probably two club weekends that I should have had merch, but I hadn't restocked. I think that, oh, actually, I sold out of merch in November, I remember, because I was featuring for Kevin Nealon, and I, there was a whole thing where I had done a show up in Sandpoint, Idaho, which is about two and a half hours from Spokane. I'd done a show up there and forgot my merch bag, so I had to drive all the way back up there to get my merch bag and drive back. And so, anyway, sold out in November, and then they're probably, I don't, they're probably five shows where I, where I could have had merch again, but, uh, you know, given, given the fact that I've lost two jobs between now and then, or then and now, um, and the fact that there's been like no shows, I'm not, it hasn't been the worst thing in the world that I don't have merch. Yeah. I was like, so I was, when the pandemic hit, I had, uh, several dates planned, many of them with my good friend, Gabriel Rutledge. Uh, I did have like, a bunch of weekends with him oddly uh scheduled and uh -huh. um this is before like we we weren't planning on this tour this tour is born out of i think like both of us were depressed in like september uh -huh. i was like hey what if we just found like the r the most r right leaning theater owners in oregon and let's fucking see if they'll let us do a show in their theater and uh turns out some of those folks are assholes. Did you can you imagine that some of those folks are assholes? To you? <laughs> there's there's one dude in specific that I it took three months for me to finally get a no out of him. He kept going like, Yeah, I want to make this show work, blah 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 blah. Mm -hmm. And I told yeah, it was very annoying. Um and I'm fine with uh I'm fine with not doing a show there. I just these this was like, my point is, I was going to buy, I was like days away from buying probably 100 or 150 t-shirts. Uh -huh. uh, and I would have, I'm like not out right now, but I'm like pretty close. I would say I have like one, I would sell out in a weekend at full capacity, no doubt. Oh, 100%. Yeah. 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 So, um, which was a good position to be in then. I now actually today... I'm trying to switch my merch to shit that's uh, I don't have to tell a joke about, so I can stop eventually telling the jokes that I do. What, what's you look? Give a look at disgust. 
I, I, no, do it based on a joke. Like, what do you, what do you, no, do it based on a joke. Uh, well, no, I already, it's literally arriving today. So no, I'm not going to do that. But I'm Really? Yeah. You're going to debut it live on the podcast? I'll show you what, it's this logo. Let's, uh, let's see if I can get us both out of here real quick. Jason McLean, that's your logo? Yeah, so that's the logo, and I have a joke for the merch, but I like what I hope is that it sells well enough, and then just every time I update the logo, it'll be like, this this logo is available for a year. Oh, and, sure. And then next year, it's going to be something different. So, Because uh, it's just like the time when you stop telling the joke and the time when you um, run out of merch are never going to be the same time. Uh, no, but why can't you do the same logic of, you know, the shirt's going to be around for a year, but still based on a joke? Uh, cause I don't know if I'm going to stop telling the joke in a year. You know what uh, I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fair. That's um, fair. I have a joke for like the, for the merch pitch, like that's just for the merch, merch pitch. That's it. But I'm not going to say it here. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. No, don't ruin it. Um, yeah, it's I, I so get the sense. I'm not. Well, hey, um, it doesn't really make sense until it sells. If if they don't sell, then it doesn't fucking matter. And, you know, it, I, I'm kind of my look of, wasn't of disgust; it was com- of confusion. I didn't like the idea at first, and and I'm still not sure that I do. But it's an interesting thing because I've always thought that merch, no one's actually wearing that shirt. You know, it's a tip, so it shouldn't matter. It won't matter what's on the shirt, but I feel like there are people that will get encouraged to tip you if they're if they this is a joke that they think if it's, it's a joke they connected with yeah i think uh, mm-hmm. i definitely my opinion on merch has changed a lot since i i started selling it which is i think the most important thing you can do is do well on stage yeah absolutely and be likable. yeah and i think then by the way you say be likable and then the shirt is nobody likes casey mcclain so that's fun uh the joke is going to be, if you like me, I have this shirt that's for my podcast that says nobody likes Casey McClain. Uh, if you don't like me, buy two, because then you can really tell people that you don't like me. Something like that. I had a shirt. Have you seen my merch shirt before? I, I, I'm sick of the idea, so I'm not I'm not doing it anymore. But have you seen my shirt before? Was it like something about a seatbelt? Yeah, it was like those signs in Washington that say, please don't drink and drive in memory of whoever. But I have a joke about taking out, I'm going to die taking off my sweatshirt while I'm driving. Yeah. So it's a spoof on that sign, which I know is in very poor taste, but it's a spoof on that sign that says, please don't take off your sweatshirt and drive in memory of Ryan McComb. Um, and my oh, that's joke, funny. Eh, 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 yeah, it's funny. Um, Does it sell well? Um, not particularly, but I also made a mistake. And people don't like buying white shirts, which I didn't know. Um, and and I think I put in one order that was black shirts, but the rest were white. And I had multiple people tell me that they specifically were not buying it because it was white. Um, yeah, I got told to buy like only buy black shirts. People only buy black shirts, basically. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Um, but yeah, my joke that I would say, I would say, you know, if you like me, buying a shirt is a great way to support me. If you didn't like me, buying a shirt is a great way to pretend that I'm dead. Um, oh, that's fun. It went. It was a good joke. Um, Who does, but, is yeah. there any comic that has merch that you're jealous of? 
Um, let me, any, while you think about it, let me tell you two of mine, and it might, it might Bill, Bill Kopsinski has great shirt, has a great shirt. Okay, I'm going to tell you the ones of mine because I think I know Phil's, and then I'm going to argue with you on Phil's if it's the one that I'm thinking of. Okay. Uh, Chase Myers has a shirt. Chase Myers, Corey Michaelis have two very similar shirts. Yeah, uh, yeah. Chase I don't Meyer, know. Say it again. I don't know, Chase. Sorry, you're about to explain it, and I interrupted you to say I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, so Chase Chase's shirt. He has a joke about uh, the the sum college box on a job application, and so he has a shirt that's like in the Animal House College font, and it says some college. Uh, and then Corey McCaylis has one that says like community collage or collage graduate. He has a bunch of variations on it. Those are both like, it's uh it's like a, a shirt people would wear. First off, I would wear, I, I will never buy a comedian's merch shirt, but Chase Myers, who I actually have a podcast with, I would wear his merch shirt. Um, Jay Hollingsworth has a shirt that says basic. That's another one that I'm jealous of. Uh, yeah, I think oh I think uh there's a dude in San Diego named James Hancock the third who has a shirt that just says laugh more and it has like a logo. But again, like what I'm most jealous of with the laugh more thing is that he doesn't have to tell a joke yeah. to, to sell the shirt. Uh yeah. I, I uh I think that makes that makes sense. I mean, I like telling a joke. I, I like when comics have a joke and then the shirt with the joke. I feel bad for like Corey. I mean, it's definitely worth it. I mean, he sells so many of those shirts that it's worth it. But him having to tell that joke every time that yeah. sucks. But um, it's a great joke and a great shirt. Uh, what do you think Phil's shirt is? Is it? Does it have print on the inside somehow? Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so yeah. Tell me that. Tell me about it, and then I'm gonna. Um, so his, yeah, his joke is, is he saw a poster at a gym, um, that said, I don't quit when I'm tired. I quit when I'm done. And then he says, that's also a great motivational poster for giving head. And, uh, and so the shirt says, I don't quit when I'm tired. I quit. I'm done on the chest. And then if you lift up the bottom front of the shirt, it says, this shirt is about giving head, which is people love the, they, they think it is holy. I have seen more people buy multiples of that shirt than any other. I mean, he'll sell people come up and buy three different sizes of that shirt to give to friends. Friends that they blow, I think is the, um, Hope so. yeah, that my only problem with it, I don't have any problem with the content of the joke. It's just, I'm sure printing on the inside is a fucking nightmare. I'm sure those shirts cost them so much money to make. Oh yeah. 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 Yeah, from a profit, but but it's such a good shirt, and it sells so well from what I've seen. I mean, I don't know Phil's, I don't have any stats on it, but just from watching it, it seems to sell super, super well. I'd imagine it's probably worth the extra dollar a shirt, too. You know, if you if you pay an extra dollar a shirt, and it sells one extra shirt for one show, you've already paid for the extra cost on 20 shirts. You know what I mean? Like they're, Yeah, no, I know. I'm with it. I, I definitely think that's right. That's why, like, I don't skimp on the brand, for example like the brand of shirt, like make the shirt nice. And uh, yeah, hopefully he'll sell more of them. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And that's no, probably I... actually, that's actually probably the completely wrong. My thing is probably the completely wrong idea, which is, I don't think anybody's coming up to it going like, Oh, is this an American apparel shirt? Like people will buy them and then go, Ooh, this is nice. But they're never uh-huh. like, let me see what this feels like before I buy it. I've never had a single person do that. So I think probably Phil's thing, spending the money on something to make the joke funnier and make the shirt funnier is probably actually 100% right. 
Yeah. Or, or yeah. I don't. I don't know. I don't have an opinion. I need to. I need to. I want a new merch shirt. Um. And so I was actually just thinking about that this week. Is I need to. I need to. Uh, Adam came and talked to me. I was hosting two weekends ago, and Adam was around. And he said, "I'm ready to headline." So I should have a one night headline. Have you headlined Tacoma Comedy Club before? No, I'm headlining uh, just to swing my own dick and not let you get too much out of this. I'm uh, headlining mm-hmm. Skyline in in uh, August for a weekend, or you got a Sunday yeah, show for a weekend. Shut up, yeah, dude. Until he nice. bumps me for somebody that's more famous, that's like well, oh. hey, congratulations anyway. That's a big deal, man. So yeah, they I'm haven't let you headline a single show at your home club, but they'll send you to Wisconsin. Yes, I think that if if there's a very good chance that if comedy had not shut down for a year, that it would have happened. Yeah, in that time, but that is. Think- I've also been bumped like four times in the pandemic from Skyline, and sure. then again. So this has been on the calendar for a little bit, but I've been bumped from there several times, and I've been bumped from Oklahoma City a couple times, which is the other mm-hmm. club that they own. And so, I'm not saying that this is why. But I'm sure it doesn't hurt that I've been like understanding about it. You know what I mean? Been like, cool about it. Uh-huh. I think it only makes sense because they, even though people don't know your name, they'll see your headshot and see that you're a fat white dude with a beard. And that's very popular in Wisconsin. So <laughs> we, we want to hear what this guy has to say. Yeah. yeah this guy is, I mean, it, yeah, it, it's the same. Yeah. It, it, it's, I won't say more uh, out of fear of being problematic, but uh, you know. Oh my God! You. This is the thing. I've I've thought about this a lot recently, and I think about you all the time. My my dad oh. is a my dad is a conservative on this side of the mountains, and uh, I feel like when people are conservative in on this side of the like when they're when they're a black sheep wherever they live, right? Uh, I feel like they overdo it to like kind of prove their point, and I okay. think you are the like you're. So sensitive, Ryan McComb. You're such a sensitive boy that you don't want to make. I don't even know what the joke was. Is it like, is Wisconsin racist? But if you mention racism, then you're like, uh, you're you're so sensitive. No, nah, it wasn't. It Comedy's wasn't... problematic, Ryan McComb. Comedy is problematic. Who gives I... a fuck? I also heard the most compelling thing I heard is that the word problematic is problematic because it minimizes everything down to this pretty innocuous description oh it's a problem or it's not no the, no i think problematic if you're an intelligent person who's willing to have a discussion and is interested in 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 that problematic is a good diving off point to say it's a it's a i think it's an and I'm, I'm talking i haven't thought this through a lot but as i'm as i hear you say that my argument would be that it's a good jumping off point like you could say you know that's problematic and here's why or i don't think that's problematic and here's why i think it's a good but even what i'm saying is is that to me something being problematic doesn't mean it's not worthy of comedy doesn't mean it's like not like i'm fine like it's like uh and i know that everybody's patrice the documentary about patrice which i haven't talked about on here yet have you seen it by the way i know i don't have cable it's uh you could well, we'll figure out a way to let you see it. I bet you there's a way you could see it. But uh Yeah, okay. Uh anyway, Patrice is like going to be responsible. A bunch of fucking 19-year-olds just became aware of Patrice and he's going to be responsible again for like a lot of people just saying edgy shit for the sake of saying edgy shit. Yeah. Uh but I heard this amazing interview with Patrice one time 
where the it was Ron Bennington, and he's like, Patrice, a lot of people say that you're uh, misogynistic and racist. What do you have to say to those people? And he's like, yeah, misogynistic and racist. Like, that's what it is. Like, deal with it. I'm not here to fucking make you happy. I'm, and I think that's like, that's kind of the, the, uh, the valuable thing I think you can get from Patrice is like, I want to do the comedy that I want to do. I know that I'm not a hateful person and I don't want to be scared to do the comedy I want to do. I don't want Ryan McComb to be worried about, I don't even know what you were going to, what you were like, you're going to make the people of Wisconsin mad. No, no, no. It wasn't, it just wasn't talking point. It's not worth it. I have jokes that, you know, people would probably take offense to, but they're funny enough that it's worth it. It's all about, is it worth it or not? I won't say something you should like an open mic. You see this a lot of people just saying this horrendous shit. And you're like, I'm not mad that you said it. You have the right to say it, but I also have like, you're wasting my time. Like if your whole point was to say something edgy, then you're wasting everyone's time. We're at a comedy club. We're not at a, what's the darkest thing you can say? You know, it's not like you don't just walk in here and you're like, you know what? I'm just here and I have a microphone in my hand and it's, it's, open mic comedy night so anything i say is automatically comedy and, and just gives me a free pass to say whatever like every single joke that i write i mean i don't have very many stuff that's on that borderline but there's stuff that i mean i have a joke about child abductors and i'm like i know it's not you know i can see some people having taking an issue with it but it's funny enough and ridiculous enough that i don't have a problem if they have a problem with it you know that sucks but edgy comedy is my least favorite kind of comedy yeah i mean i think done well it's the best kind personally but i think that like the what it's it's uh it's children are fucking horrific you know what i mean like the people the comedy that it spawns its imitations are are fucking horrific yeah i guess i guess my what to clarify what i mean not edgy comedy is my least favorite but poorly done edgy comedy is is yeah well if I was going to pick a genre of comedy that I hate the most, it's open mic comedy of any variety. You know what I mean? I, yeah, I go back and forth on it. Sometimes I love it, but sometimes I, I, I love, I mean, there is something special about an open mic night of just wild cards that can happen. There's so many people up there and open mics are some of the most fun uh, events to take people to who haven't been to a comedy show before. If you just go and be like, Hey, let's watch this chaos unfold. You know what they um, might like, see though is some edgy comedy with those wild cards that you mentioned. That's fine. Like there is a woman in Spokane named Ying who is a who is a very uh, uh, she's Chinese and and you know doesn't speak perfect English and doesn't quite have a good grasp on what is okay. She's been banned from multiple open mics for saying the n word. Um, and so prepping someone like I've been around people who have seen Ying for the first time and I've been. And I've gotten to say, to say to them, hey, this might go off the rails, just so you know. Uh, but let's just buckle up and, you know, Ying's not going to hurt my feelings or she might make me cringe. She was also, I think you were yeah. there the night she stole my joke at, at uh, Nito Burrito. Maybe. I don't uh, remember anything about our relationship, so it's been so long. Because um... I always roofie you. Cause <laughs> I'm a sexual assaulter. Edgy joke. That's a good oh, dismount. We should we should uh um end on that so that I can uh mm. go back to work. But um You have work? Yeah, dude, I'm fucking 
I took my entire lunch break to do this podcast and you showed up late for it, you piece of shit. <laughs> well, you didn't tell me. I thought you were unemployed for some reason. You know what I'm going to go do? I am going to go to a local park with my dog, set up my hammock because it's about 60 degrees here, and drink some White Claws. All right. Well, uh, tell everyone where they can find you so that I can stop talking to you. Uh, Ryan Double underscore McComb, Twitter and Instagram. And, uh, and oh, maybe at Casey McLean's house in... I think May. I got to text you. I might, I might want to stay at your house in May. We'll see. We'll see. That's a tough for one night. With, with Come on. Kidnapped. One night. We'll see. Your we'll wife, see what's up. Your wife loves me. Oh, that's it. she does like you. That's fucking upsetting. All right. I'm ending this right now. Bye. All right. Talk to you later, Text buddy. me about the stuff we talked about. The ticket prices what and whatnot. Oh, yeah, yeah. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.